Welcome into the Sideline Sports Show here on this lovely Thursday night. Tim, how are you doing, my friend? Good, man. You know, if I could actually get a computer that would work, you know, it would be real nice. But I'm, I'm operating fine off my phone, so yeah. there's that. But. Yeah. It, it's always technical issues, isn't it, Tim? It's all. It's always got to be something technical. That's how it's always. You know, it's, it's, I, I, you know some of us can't afford to, to be at, in a uh, studio, you know, mm-hmm. the, the cord and stuff, you know, at, at a, a functional hour. So Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, hey, I understand. I understand. All right. I say that when, when, I, when I work at a radio station. Exactly. Exactly. But, Tim, we we missed last week. We took the week off, and we missed a ton of stuff that has happened in the past two weeks. But let's start with the NFL, Tim. We missed conference championships, and they were some huge, huge matchups. As, let, let's start with the biggest one in overtime. The Bengals upset the Chiefs. Tim, do you think Joe Burrow could get his first ring? I think he can. It's going to be tough just because they're going to have to play a team that's basically going to be playing a home game. So it's it's definitely something to look forward to. And the Bengals, man, just talk about a story. I mean, you go from winning two games to drafting Joe Burrow number one overall. Then you win four games. He missed the final part of the season due to that ACL tear. So now, if you count the playoffs, they have 13 in total. I mean, this team has performed way past any expectations whatsoever. And the fact they're in this game, it's incredible. But I mean, they have the talent, man. I mean, they went out. Yeah. Not only did they get, they, 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 not only did they draft Jamar, Jamar Chase, uh, they went out and signed guys like uh, uh, Hendrickson. I mean, they, they, they got a few guys on defense as well. So, and they've needed these guys to step up in, in the playoffs, and they have. It didn't look like they were going to step up against the, the, the Chiefs in the first half, but in the second half, they were able to kind of wrangle things in a little bit. And talk about that moment at the end of the half, where the Chiefs had a chance to go up twenty-eight to three. You know, they got stopped, and it, with, with t- very little time left, like five seconds left, they had an option there: kick a field goal, you go up twenty-four to three, you get some points. They chose not to do that. Mahomes told Reed, look, I got this. I'm going to be able to clutch this in. Didn't happen that way. Time ran out. Weren't able to get any points. And ultimately came out to backfire on them. The Bengals went ahead and t- tied up the game late. And if they, they just kicked the field goal, their, their, their field goal at the end of regulation to send things into overtime would have been to win the game. So. Yeah. But sure. obviously, we we have hindsight. You know, hindsight's perfect twenty twenty. So you, you can't really look back on things. And I and I don't blame him for trusting his his quarterback because his quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so that's what you, that's what you paid him five hundred million dollars to do. So I, I understand it. I get it completely. But you know, probably should have taken the points in that scenario. But then again, you look at Joe Burrowman. You know, the Chiefs took away Jamar Chase. Other than that one touchdown he had, he really was quiet by his standards, especially compared to when they met he had over 260 yards receiving in that, that their game one up there in Cincinnati in the regular season. So they kept him quiet, but then a guy like T. Higgins who led, led the uh, had a game high 103 yards receiving, man, just he stepped up in a big way. And overall, that Bengals team stepped up a big way, and they did enough to get the win. And, man, you got to talk about these playoffs, man. These playoffs, this might be the best playoff we've ever had in the NFL. I can agree with that. I can 100% agree with that. I think really and realistically, I haven't been big on the NFL in years, 
But this year's been a lot different. And I'm not even just talking about the playoffs. I'm talking about during the regular season. There were so many great games during the regular season as well. This has probably been one of the most exciting NFL seasons I've probably witnessed in my lifetime of 23 years. So, uh, honestly, it's been probably the most fun to watch. And it's even more exciting now that we have teams who you never thought at the beginning of the season would probably make it in. And yet they're in the championship game in the Super Bowl. And talking about the Bengals, fantastic job. I honestly thought, Tim, when overtime happened again and Chiefs won it, and I said, here we go again. Same thing as the Bills. But you know what? The great defense of Cincinnati came out, got a stop. And then the Bengals tell the rest of the story as they get the win in Chiefs kingdom. But then... Tim, I, I saw today something very, very interesting, and I didn't tell Tim this before the show, but I'm going to do it anyway. Tim, I did not know you were rooting for the Rams, and uh, let me let me clarify this. Uh, I don't know why in the world you posted this, Tim, in 2019. <laughs> Can you explain this for the people that are viewing this? Do I have to? In 2019, Tim said, I can't believe I'm rooting for the, the L.A. team in the Super Bowl. Hashtag go Rams. Hashtag... Hashtag Brady has flat balls. Yes, I did post that. What made you post this, Tim? Because now Dude, it's I, like I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I was just in a good mood that day and I was just feeling like I like it first. This, this will be fine. Oh, Looking back on it two years, I saw it this morning and I was like, this, this was two years ago. And I looked and I went, oh my God, why did I post that? But hey, you know, I. I, I more so rooting for the Bengals this time around, but but that was more so just because you know it was the Rams and Tom Brady going at it, and I was just yeah. like, you know what, I'm gonna root for the LA team, and you know this was at the this was at the point in which uh, I think Brady had his suspension that season, or is that or 2018? I can't yeah, remember something like that. But it, you know, and it was just, it, yeah, emotions were still running high at that point, and you know, and Brady was with the Patriots, and Patriots Brady and wasn't likable to me. But yeah, Buccaneers Brady true. was much more likable. I'll just say, Brady, sure. oh, Buccaneer Brady was much more likable than than the Patriots on Brady. So, yeah, I, I did post that. I look at that back at that and go, just you got to laugh. And yeah. it, it was like one of those things you post on Facebook, be like, why? What possessed me to post oh, that? Man. I mean, there's one back. time I, I posted on Valentine's Day saying that this is hashtag single pride day. So, I mean, there's a lot of things I've said in the past. So, Good I, job, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Singles Awareness Day on uh, Valentine's Day. So, I mean, it, it's okay. But, I mean, yeah, we all have those middle school moments where you look back and it's like, who even allowed us to have Facebook at this point? Like, well, really. well, the problem this, was this was, one of, uh, this was one of Tim's moments, but unfortunately, Tim was not in middle school. He was in college. I was in college. So I was in... <laughs> oh, man. But Rams, great job. Matthew Stafford, oh, my gosh. He's turning this team around. Odell Beckham just lights out. Cooper yeah, Cup. he's been a great Brian addition Mike to where, where he, he can kind of take attention away from Cooper Cup yeah. and kind of open things up a little bit. And it definitely hurt in that Tampa game where they had to keep an eye on Odell Beckham. So, again, allowed the league's receiver, uh, leading receiver, Cooper Cup, to just go bananas and get wide open on that final play just because they, they had one guy on it for some reason, which is why a lot of people are questioning Todd Bowles yeah. on that move because it, they had single coverage on him and the guy got beat 
time in and time out. It's like continue continue to allow that to happen. So yeah, but yeah, like Odell Beckham's been that guy that's been allowed to old things open things up, especially since Robert Woods, uh, their other wide receiver, or the wide receiver too, uh, tore his ACL and is out for the year. So he's he's definitely been a very good addition to this Rams team, and. Yeah, and watch out for him in the Super Bowl. Obviously, there's going to be attention on Cooper Cup, and rightfully so. But Odell Beckham in the Super Bowl, man, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a really good game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. I think when you look back, there are a lot of questions about OBJ coming to the Rams. I think just because of his past history with just the Browns and how upset he was, I, I, I don't think a lot of people knew how upset he was being on the Browns and then when he comes in you kind of feel like it's almost like I I can't relate it to an Antonio Brown situation Uh, I think it was a little less died down than an AB situation Um, and he came in a lot of things a lot of questions were on OBJ especially his talent at this in this peak of his life you know he's up there in age and is he gonna be that guy and he has come out and uh, many people have said maybe new change and new things to a team help a team and that's exactly what the Rams have shown this year bringing in Matthew Stafford bringing in OBJ bringing in this whole entire new offense and it looks and even defense because they brought in Von Miller from the Broncos early in the year and this team is just legit now that they have all these guys stacked on offense and defense and I, I i really truly believe they can contend against the Bengals. we won't pick the game yet but i i really truly believe that they'll they'll give up a fair game i'm this is gonna be one of the closest super bowls i can remember and because every game almost in the playoffs has come down to the fourth quarter or even overtime so it's gonna be a really fun game to watch yeah, and I'm not gonna give give my pick away, Ben, or anything like that, because no. I know we still have another week here. Exactly. So, um, but I do see this game kind of going very similar to the way the Bengals Chiefs AFC Championship game went. Bengals get behind, and the um, home crowd is going to be a factor just because of, this is in LA, even though it's Super Bowl. And so home stadium, these are going to be jacked up. The, the Rams are going to be jacked up. They're going to come out strong. They're going to come out swinging. It's how about the it's about how the Bengals respond. And are they going to be able to weather the storm and keep themselves in it, just like they did with the Chiefs? Get things to halftime. That way they can kind of regroup, adjust, and they quite frankly shut down Patrick Mahomes for the large part of that second half and overtime. So I, th- I think you could see a game that's very similar to that, and I think. This may come down to Joe Burrow having to make a fourth quarter drive to either tie the ball game or to go win it. So it should be a fun one. It should be an interesting one. You'll have to wait till next week to get my pick, though. So. Yeah, same here, same here. You're not going to get my pick today, even though you probably want to hear it. You'll have to wait a week. Uh, we get to watch a Pro Bowl this week. Uh, that will be fun. But the biggest storyline in the NFL this week has not been any of that, Tim. It has been – the GOAT of football in general has officially announced he is done playing football. We sure? Brady. Are we hey, positive? Hey, hold on, hold on. We- uh, uh, this, is, this is what I wanted to ask you, Tim. Is this a PR stunt? Because let's be real. You know Tom Brady, he's already bought out a commercial for the Super Bowl. What if this whole thing is just a PR stunt? And then he comes out in that commercial and says, I'm back. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but I mean, I think he's done. I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked, but I I think he's done. I think he's legit done. I think 
Um, him and Giselle, I mean, they're going to take their $630 million net worth combined and take it to the bank and ride off into the sunset. And yeah, they're going to yeah, raise their money with kids. So I, I think you, you can just kind of tell. He's a very competitive guy. And he basically said in that statement that he's just lost that competitive edge. You know, he's just – he's like, I don't want to be part of it. He's like, I just – I'm good, basically, is what he yeah. said. You know, and, and more respect to him for doing that, recognizing, hey, I, I'm done. I, I I don't want to do no more. I'm I'm, I'm I'm I don't have any more left to give. So it's going to be interesting, and it actually gives my Panthers a chance in the NFC South now because uh, Drew Brees and and and, yeah. and Tom Brady are gone from the NFC South. So, yeah. you know, and Matt, Matt Ryan's not what he was. You know, and you know, <laughs> draft Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, and we might have something. So I was about to say, know. Tim. Tim, you, you don't have a quarterback. You really don't really have an offense. You, you don't really have a defense either. Uh, mm-hmm. I am big on our hire. I wasn't at first, but our offense coordinator hire, Ben McAdoo, who's actually before his time as a head coach was a really solid offense coordinator. So I'm okay with that. And I think I think they're actually going to focus more on offense in the draft, which which of course. It's like, yeah, you know, way, way to go, way to waste everybody's time because you, you, you spend two drafts in a row uh, on defense and, and very offensive-heavy drafts. Now, this one's a very defensive-heavy draft. So it's just like, all right, guys, now you're going to try to get offense. It's like, I don't know. It's just cool. – it, it doesn't make any sense to me. But the, I think The biggest question for you guys is Christian McCaffrey going to get traded for a draft pick and i i'm tempted to say yes i i really am i'm tempted that he would go for second third round pick you know if, if legal trouble things go in, in a certain direction and a certain quarterback in houston is cleared maybe i would consider possibly going christian mccaffrey and four first round picks for one deshaun watson i mean i would i seriously would oh, wow Okay. Tim. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm serious. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he, I don't. I don't know how much the Texans are going to value him at, but four yeah. first round picks. And if if this this legal system and legal issues are cleared up, which they appear to be on the way to that, um, but nothing's for sure. Then I, I would seriously consider that, especially David Tepper. He wants a quarterback. He well, wants, he so badly wants to uh, win as an owner, and. Well, I don't see I don't with him a lot of things. That is one thing we do agree on, and that is something that he's going to have to kind of figure out. And it's like he, he's going to have to basically tell Matt Rule, draft a quarterback eventually. You know, we had a yeah. chance to get sure. Justin Fields. We had a chance to get uh, Matt Jones last year. We didn't do it. We traded for Sam Darnold because we, we took a chance on him. Like, hey, maybe he's just bad in, with the Jets. Bad environment, yeah. Yeah, and, and – and, Problem was there wasn't a really a good offensive scheme in place for Sam Darnold anyway, and when he was right. healthy, he was he was decent. So just overall, a lot of things to work on in Carolina. So and so what? it just hopefully hopefully it gives us a chance with Tom Brady being out of the picture. So because I'd rather face face Kyle Trask than I would Tom Brady, obviously. Okay. So and my my next question to you is is how well do you value Deshaun Watson right now because of the fact of mm-hmm. he hadn't played. He hadn't even stepped on the football field in almost right. two years now. By the time next season rolls around, he was. At- I'd say he's worth by himself, probably six round picks if if he plays. If, if he's eligible to play, um, I wouldn't offer anything until this legal thing goes away. Exactly. Just because I, I don't. Even, I agree, one hundred percent. You can't offer, but just because it comes out and everything is just turns on its head. Then you're, you just wasted all that, and, and a guy a guy doesn't play, and, and then it's what does it say about your organization? So it's let everything run its course, 
and eventually you'll, you'll get to a point where okay, if he's cleared, maybe you make the move for say a player and four first four or five first round okay. picks, or you take that risk. Because I mean, Matt, Matt Rule. I mean, if you're Matt Rule, why not? Why not? Because I mean, if you don't do good this year, you're you're fired. Let's be yeah, real. That's true. It's been real. And this is the third year. This is the third year that he probably um, shipped and got this third year, just because even at the college level, Temple, Baylor. Everywhere he went, the third year was the best year, and that was when they went skyrocket. That where they won 10, 11 plus games. So that's probably right. what he's got. I mean, if he can do that, just because this draft, well, with the exception, I mean, you got you got uh, Sam Howell, North Carolina, uh, Kenny Pickett, who is the one I prefer. I would prefer over everyone. Um, you also got you know, Malik Willis Malik over at Liberty. Yeah, yeah and Matt just, some other. Max Brown, yeah. And, and I mean, there are, there are some quarterbacks, but just overall, it's not as deep as it was, especially last year. So, Agreed. Yeah, you, you need a quarterback. How are you going to do that? I mean, good. You, you don't really pull a whole lot in free agency, let's be honest here. And even with Deshaun Watson, I mean, I don't think he really even – I think he said he didn't really want to trade back to Carolina. So, what are you going to do there? What, what's going to happen there? So, yeah, yeah it will be interesting. And, but I, I'll tell you, I think the Falcons have the best shot, Tim. Here's why. Because, oh look, look, you, you got to think, Arthur Smith turned this team into something that it shouldn't have been. Let's be realistic. Because this team should have probably gone – they went seven and nine. I think they finished seven and nine. I, I think they probably should have been like another like three and you know, awful team. So mm-hmm. I, I think this team could really take that next step. I, I think they could win the division with nine games easily. I think I think it's really in this division, I think it's first to nine wins the division. It makes sense with I mean Tom Brady and possibly Rob Gronkowski retiring. Let's be real. Yeah, Saints having major QB issues. Their head coach is gone. I mean the Panthers. We I mean we just talked about their issues. So I mean the the door may may be open for the Falcons this upcoming year. Yeah, and they have the longest quarterback now in the division. So it will be that's been there the longest in the division. So. Uh, it'll be really, really interesting to see. All right, next week we'll get to our Super Bowl predictions, but we're going to take a break when we come back. We'll be breaking down some college basketball and talk about a team that we've talked about a lot, and now they're number one in the country. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Sideline Sports Show on this lovely Thursday. Tim, let's break down some college basketball because – and we'll start with this. This team, we, we've talked about them a little bit, and every time we've talked about them, they've climbed up. And now, Tim, the last time we talked, they were number three. The time before that, they were number 10. The time before that, they were number 14, I think. And now they've made their way up to number one, the Auburn Tigers. 
are now 20 and one on the season. The fighting Bruce Pearls, man, looking real good running through that SEC right now, huh? I know. They, I mean, they are just rolling. I mean, they beat Alabama the other night, and it was by a good margin. I mean, it, for the second time, yeah. Yeah, for the second time. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. This Auburn Tigers team is legit. They are, I think, the only team left in college basketball that only has one loss. And they are just rolling through their SEC schedule. I mean, this isn't like a SEC schedule that's like cupcake. No, this is like a SEC that's jam-packed this year with talented teams. I mean, Alabama, we talked about them a little bit last week. I said they were kind of an underdog team. Auburn made them look like they they didn't even deserve to be in the SEC. I mean, Alabama's a weird case on on themselves, man, just because of their – I mean, they they have wins against Gonzaga, other top-level programs. Didn't they beat Kentucky or something like that as well? I think so, yeah. Yeah, But then they'll lose to – I mean, they lost to Iona earlier this year. I mean, they get blown out by Auburn twice and and just have bad losses left in and left – right here time and time again. But they also have great wins, and it's just like, what is what what is this team? What are you guys? What are you doing? Yeah, it's just like so. hot and you're cold. But you know, it's just it, I don't. You're just trying to figure them out. So, but yeah, the way they navigated that Alabama team, who make no mistake about it, is very talented. The fighting Bruce Pearl men are just absolutely kicking butt right now. And as long as Bruce Pearl can flat out get stay away from cheating or. Um, Getting caught, I should say. You know, the yeah, Auburn's going to be sure. there for a while. I mean, they're they're a really really solid team, and, and are obviously number one in the country and one of the favorites to win that win it all. So, and it's crazy right now. If they, if they things were to end right now, we'd go into a tournament. They'd be the number one overall seed. So, don't yeah. this team don't is definitely Final Four worthy and national con- title contenders. Yeah, I think another team that made headlines this week: Texas Tech and Texas. Uh, Jim, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you have heard anything about this, but I have. it was so funny because here is Texas Tech standing outside the doors of their gym days, days before their matchup with Texas. Mm-hmm. And they're just chewing them out because the former Texas Tech head coach for basketball went over to Texas and began to coach over there. And so Texas Tech – Decides, hey, uh, we don't like this guy anymore, and so we're going to go chew him out as soon as they get near. And so there's students lined up, I mean, around the whole entire arena, waiting for this team's bus to show up. They show up, they start chewing him out, saying stuff. And Texas is like, hey, we're fine. There's nothing to worry about. And then Texas Tech comes in there and just wipes the floor on Texas and yeah. makes that coach look like a joke. Uh, so kudos, kudos to Texas Tech. I mean, they handled their stuff. I mean, yeah. if you're going to talk trash, you got to win. And Texas Tech did all that. I mean, they did it all. And I mean, they did yeah. it with style. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Chris Beard is definitely not the most likable guy in Lubbock, Texas right now. That's for sure. And the, those guys knew it. And they, they were feeding off that energy. They knew, hey, we can't let this crowd down. We're going to show this coach, hey, 
you didn't leave for a better job. You left. That's for a right. job. You know, and that, that, that's what that's what they showed last night. And, and it was fun. I, I would just see, see videos and stuff on social media. I'm like, these people are going bonkers right now. I'm like, I'm like oh, man, I wish I could have been a part of that. I have nothing towards Chris Beard or anything, any monster towards the guy, but I, I wish I'd have been there with him, you know, just kind of oh, going crazy last night. It was looked so much fun and just kind of crazy. And, and, and they didn't look like they went too far, at least from what I saw. So, I mean, kudos to them for doing what they did and getting the win, you know, on their home court. So, yeah, it just it, overall, it, it was a fun thing to watch, fun thing to kind of <laughs> see being covered. So, yeah. Chris Beard, not a likable guy down there yeah. in Lobo, So Definitely not. All right, Tim, right now, now that everything's changed, and your sleeper team still, is it still Furman? It is still Furman, but I also got updated in what you got to keep an eye on um, in that Ohio Valley Conference, and, and it's not Belmont. It, um, you're looking at Murray State, who's undefeated in that conference, ten and zero. I mean, been playing great basketball. They're twenty and two right now, and they're one of their. I mean, one of those losses is to Auburn, <laughs> and they were able to kind of keep that within like a six point margin with like uh, half of the second half left to go before. Auburn won't pull it away and won by 14. So the Merced team is legit, man, um, out of the Ohio Valley. That overall, Belmont, which is an extremely talented team, uh, they're third in that conference right now. So, I mean, they're, they're sitting at 7-2 and two with a few postponed games. Uh, Chattanooga playing really well. The Kansas transfer associates to play well. Gene Baptiste just had 31 points in the loss to Sanford last night. Um, and then the SoCon, Furman played a heck of a game. Did you see this, Ben? Furman put up 63 points last night in the first half against Citadel. I mean, wow. yeah, it's just overall, I mean, they made 14, 14 threes in the first half. So and they ended up winning. They're, they were a like, three-point shooting team, though. Don't don't get me wrong. Furman is a really really good three-point shooting team, and if you can't defend that three-point shot against Furman, you can just forget it because they're going to shoot it all night long, and they're going to shoot over fifty percent almost from three every single game, and that's something that Furman stands out to me the most with that. Yeah, all all five guys on the floor, even their center, are shoot really good percentages from three-pointers. Yeah. So I mean, Jalen Sloss has been playing lights out. Both well had a posterization last night that was number three on the sports center i mean just I, overall I saw, it, it, I saw it live and i was like okay okay and i about freaked out but you know it, it was just it was it was amazing to watch and they were up by as many as 43 last night before they let citadel you know make it more respectable um with final score 102 to 83 but overall the Furman is a good sleeper team it's almost it's a crying shame to me that the SoCon is as good as it is and is only going to get one team in so I, I, I hopefully in the few years they'll, that'll change I remember last a couple years ago they were like 10th out of like 25 conferences in terms of total RPI it still only got one team into the dance it, it, it made no sense whatsoever but you know Cut a team out there of there are there are a lot of national pundits that are starting to finally recognize SoCon. It's like it's about time. But yeah, at Murray State out of the Ohio Valley, Chattanooga is really, really, really good. Um, yeah, then you got uh, Jacksonville State. I must say, in the Atlantic Sun, uh, yes. Liberty has run that conference ever since it joined a few years ago. Jacksonville State knocked them off at Liberty very convincingly um, on Saturday. So. It was a very impressive win for the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State. So, they they are undefeated in that conference. They could be a sleeper team to kind of keep your eye on. So, 
a lot of good teams in the mid-major. Uh, you know, and I was happy last night my Clemson Tigers got a upset win at home against Florida State, who's been kind of scuffling, losing to Virginia Tech and now Clemson. So, and Georgia Tech earlier. Uh, I think it was yes. last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, it was something oh, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, Tech, I mean, they are on a, I think, a four-game losing streak, if I'm correct. Well, you want to talk about a team that's hard to figure out. A team that yeah. played and lost South Carolina in non-conference, lost to some other teams they probably shouldn't have lost to. And then to go on a run, they beat Duke at home, look really good doing it. Um, then you have the, these games in which they lose to Virginia Tech, giving up a million threes, especially one guy, yeah. forget his name, had nine by himself. Yeah. And could have had more. Um, and then you lose to Clemson. I mean, two teams that are towards the bottom in the ACC standings. Not a not a good time for Leonard Hamilton and Florida State Seminoles right now. So, yeah, that was that was my last question as we wrap up college basketball, ACC. I, I mean, is there another team other than Duke? I mean, let's be real. I mean, I don't see another team right now. There's not a consistent team. Duke is probably what? the only consistent team, and I I can't even say they're really truly consistent. I mean, North Carolina is starting to pick it up. I, I think yeah, that they, they are, are. I think I think they're starting to perform well. Games against uh, other night against Louisville, games that that you know that sometimes at points this season they probably lost. They ended up grinding it out and winning it in overtime. So just overall, a team in North Carolina that I think is really good, and they're projected in, in the top in the field. I think it's an eight or nine seed. I can't remember which one, but they got a game coming up. It's Coach K's fi- uh, final time going to Chapel Hill. So if they can get that win, then that would that would bolster the NCAA tournament resume. I think that that they would get in, and I, I think they would be a solid team to get in too. But it's obviously not one of North Carolina's best team, not ranked in the top twenty-five, but still respectable. So yeah. you just gotta you just gotta avoid games like. I mean, they have a game coming up. Clemson at home. They, they usually struggle against Clemson on the road. Uh, Clemson at home, they've only lost to one time. So, but Clemson on the road, they seem to somewhat have problems with it. You know, more times than not. So, it's just got to got to keep your eye on games like that. If the North kind of get past those, they, they should be in the tournament. They should be fine. Um, Miami, obviously. Um, they start off really strong. They're still kind of keeping up there towards the top. I haven't seen AC stand, so I don't know if they're still up there. But I know that they've been playing solid basketball this year. So there are some teams in the ACC to keep your eye on, just not as much depth as there has been in years past. So, Sorry, I don't know why it got muted, but it did. Uh, but Duke's final couple of games, you mentioned Chapel Hill. That's actually this Saturday on ESPN. That is going to be a really good game, uh, hands down. It always has been, always will be. And like you said, it's Coach K's final game at Chapel Hill. So a lot riding on it. And then their final home game comes March the 5th, a month later, hosting UNC. It's Coach K's final game at Duke. And, I mean, that's that place is going to be insane. I mean, it, it says right here, tickets are as low as 3000 Five hundred and eighty dollars, Tim. Uh, yeah, that's more than the World Series ticket. So uh, three times more than the World Series ticket. Three times more than the World Series ticket. So that tells you something. I mean, that's tickets as low. That means that's the lowest it goes. I mean, and that's probably like nosebleeds. So it's going to be insane. But they they got a tough schedule. You mentioned Clemson. I think going to Boston College may be a little tough. At Virginia, Virginia's trying to find their identity. I mean, they've been up there in the ACC 
really just struggling. I mean, they are. Syracuse, I mean, that's a tough environment to go into. Um, so it's it, it's not an easy schedule for Duke, but if they can handle the rest of the schedule, they got to be the favorites going in the ACC tournament. And I, 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 I just don't see them slowing up because I don't see anybody in the a- ACC that's really just going to come out and be dominant the rest of the way through. I mean, because there's no consistency. And Duke's probably the only consistent team within the ACC. And I hate that they're going to get five teams into the tournament uh, when other teams like the SOCON deserve a lot more teams in there. But, I mean, it is what it is. So, all right. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about National Signing Day and then the MLB lockout. We'll talk all that and more right after this short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Sideline Sports Show final segment. Tim, let's talk about a little bit of National Signing Day that happened yesterday for college football. Here, here's what we're going to show you. We're going to show you the graphic for 24-7 sports that they have provided. The top 25 classes from National Signing Day. Obviously, you look at this list. I mean, the ones that stand out to me, uh, and if you want to go look at this for yourself, just go to 24-7 sports. They'll have it all right there. Uh, this is the recruiting rankings. Now, this is based off of recruiting high school seniors and then also the transfer portal. And as you can see, South Carolina coming in there at number 25. Uh, I think that was shocking. So they did a fabulous job. And this Clemson number 11. Uh, I think the one that also stood out to me is number 14, Miami. I mean, Mario Cristobal came in there and shockingly put them on the map. Number 13, it stands out to me as well, Mizzou. I mean, after an awful year this past year, they came in at number 13. Yeah, that's surprising to me. Number 10, you see North Carolina. You thought Oklahoma would fall off the map, but they're there at number 9, Michigan 8, Notre Dame 7, number 6, Penn State, number 5, Texas, number 4, Ohio State, and then the top three are all SEC teams. Number 3, Georgia, number 2, Alabama, and number 1, Texas A&M. Tim, once you look at that, and I even saw LSU in the top 25. After seeing that, I mean, the SEC is just dominating. It just has dominated this whole entire recruiting cycle and even dominated the transfer portal. I mean, you see it, Texas A&M up there at number one, Alabama number two, and then Georgia number three. Do you really see Texas A&M taking that next step forward over Alabama next year to try to win a national title? No, because it's just I, I, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, they beat Bama, but I mean they didn't have the national attention. Like I mean they had already lost I think one or two games by that point, so they weren't really even remotely in contention for the playoff. They weren't even ranked. So I mean the matter of getting that win while you're in the top ten, while you're undefeated, and actually getting that step to where you're going to beat Alabama for the SEC West crown, and getting to out getting to Atlanta for that. Um, I'll believe it when I see it with Jimbo Fisher there. I mean, he hadn't done it yet. I mean, he's had some decent teams. He's had some good teams. Um, 
hasn't had a team that, that's capable of doing that yet. So, okay. I, I, I mean, I mean, even with he's, he's had top classes before, you know, and they just they've been they've been great at times. They but they they can't be consistent. Their record usually they still lose two to three games every year. Um, if they can somehow right the ship and get get that take that next step to win 12, 13 games. Yeah, I'll, that, then I'll believe it. But until then, I just I, I don't see how it's going to change for for A and M, um, Alabama, Georgia. You're accustomed to seeing that those guys have been regulars in the top five in the ranks the last several years. You know, you're surprised that Clemson they're being number eleven because they're usually high too, definitely a top ten every year. Um, but they're they're coming to number eleven there. I think ESPN had them like thirteen or something like that. Yeah. Just they, they had a like they, they had a little smaller class because they didn't think they need to, but they, they kind of got hit with the transfer portal types of stuff with the receivers that were hurt, and now they're saying, "Yeah, I don't want to be here anymore," and they kind of left. Um, yeah, ha- having those kind of issues, but they made they made a late run. They flipped a guy I can't remember his name off the top of my head from Auburn to Clemson on National Signing Day the other day. So there, there's that. Um, they had that kid come in from Texas, Kate Tulobiak, that's going to challenge DJ mm-hmm. just because DJ coming off that year, awful, awful, awful year, year. Was awful. last in ACC in a lot of categories. Again, not everything was his fault, but a lot was still on him. So he only had nine touchdowns and nine picks. So, and game and season in which you, at Clemson, you hoped to be playing 15, that, that, that 15th being the national championship game, nine touchdowns ain't going to cut it. It's just not. That's so, true. so it, it yeah, obviously he's going to be challenged this coming up with Kate Klobiak and the transfer Hunter Johnson. I think Hunter is more so there to kind of just live, you know live out his final uh, year of eligibility at Clemson, being a backup. So I mean, but I mean, hey, he might be there to push Klobiak and DJ. So there's going to be a lot of competition there. So and overall, they have a good recruiting class. They didn't recruit as much just because they didn't think they were going to have to, but they did a nice job of getting back up there in terms of overall recruits for this class. So I, I think Clemson is going to be fine. They just got to find the answer quarterback. So. Yeah, I, I think when you mentioned Hunter Johnson coming back to Clemson, I think yeah. he's there for that veteran presence because you got to think, like, Clemson didn't have that last year, and I think that's why DJ probably struggled a little bit. Sure, he had one – I think it was one year – of mentorship under Trevor Lawrence. And you can't really say Trevor Lawrence was a veteran presence, but he did go and play in big games and win big games. And I, I guess when you do that, you consider yourself a veteran. Um, and even as a freshman, I mean, he won a national championship as a freshman. So, I mean, you go back and you look and you just see that. I think they're bringing him back for veteran presence within the locker room because I, I think every team needs that. And I think that's why a lot of college basketball teams struggle is because they don't have that veteran presence within the locker room because a lot of the college basketball is like one and done. But for football, you have to have that veteran presence in the locker room to kind of have that mentorship and mentor those younger guys into the role that they're going to be playing in the next two to three years. So I think it's going to be huge, and I think that's why they're bringing him in. But when you look back at this list, I I, I didn't think LSU would be up there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Stanford, I didn't think they'd be up there. But I think the biggest one that shocks me was Mizzou at 13. I mean, yeah. they had an awful year last year. I mean, awful. And all of a sudden, you see him at number 13 on this list. So, I, I don't know. I, I haven't dug in too much to Mizzou football to learn what they got. But that means they hit the transfer portal, which is good because I, I, I think the transfer portal, it will hurt and affect teams, but it also will help teams if you use it the right way. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that was probably a big thing for Mizzou is that they said, hey, we need some talent that has already either redshirted or played a year to come into our program and make our program better. And then they obviously got a couple of high school guys as well. So I, I, for me, when I saw them up there on that list, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like it, it shocked me. But then South Carolina also made that list too. And I think Shane Beamer, I mean, we've talked about him a, a lot on this show. And I, I, Shane Beamer, I mean, I'm going to give him the utmost credit because what he's done at South Carolina in just a year has shocked me. And I think he'll do – I think really and realistically, if you want me to, I'll say like they'll probably be second or third in the SEC East next year, competing up there with Kentucky for that two seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could could definitely see that. I mean, he's done a good job. He went out and got Spencer Radler and and his tight end over there at Oklahoma. Um, So that's definitely a a good um, get for them. I mean, comes in, let's be real, the best QB already in the state of South Carolina. So. I mean, I mean, he's got that. It's definitely going to be fun because, I mean, their quarterback situation, Zeb Nolan, Luke Doty. I mean, good story with Zeb Nolan, but not the guy that you're going to want to lead your team. To exactly. Um, Doty comes back, so he'll be a good backup, I think, for for uh, Rattler. But that's about it. I think I think he'll be a decent backup for him. And then you add, add a couple pieces. I mean, your running back spot is really good at, you know, before these guys came in. So, um, so I definitely adding, and they're getting to the top 25 in terms of uh, class ranking. So I'm liking a lot of what Shane Beam's doing. I'm telling you, man, I, I said it from the get-go. There are some comparisons to, to young Dabo. Young guy, been around a little bit, you know, wasn't at South Carolina, he wasn't at South Carolina immediately, but he had been at South Carolina previously back when in their, their so on quote-unquote uh, glory days was C. Spurrier when they beat Clemson five years in a row, got up as high as number two in the country. Um, he was he was around for those days. He knows what what that's like. He knows how to win. He he's I mean he's got a legendary head coach and a dad you know and uh, Frank Beamer. So I, I like a lot of things that that he's that he's doing. He's coming from a championship pedigree, and I think he's done a great job at South Carolina, especially year one, getting that team to six and six and then seven and six and winning the bowl game. I mean. That was pretty doggone impressive with everything that he yeah. had to deal with and everything. So, uh, good good year one there. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you leave a sour taste in your mouth when you lose to Clemson and get shut out. But overall, he kind of got to flush that out and just be like, you know what, we're looking towards the future. There's a lot of stuff. He's a young coach, very young, I might add, and I, he's got a, he's got a bright future, man. And I, I look forward to seeing what he does in South Carolina, and I, I I think he can do great things. Like I said, he's already got the, the best. Um, QB in the state of South Carolina and one of the top QBs potentially uh, in terms of talent-wise in the Southeastern Conference. So just a matter of getting that out of him, putting it, putting together offensive game plans around him that, and be able to protect him enough to where he can be a factor. All right. Before we, get, uh, before we end college football segment, make or break year, who's the coach for you that it's their make or break year? I already got mine, but uh, do you want me to go first, Tim? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'll be honest. Uh, I've seen this program from the outside looking in, and it it looks like it's a dumpster fire at times, and at times it looks like it's on a high note, and that coach would be Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. It's year four. Everybody expected some progress now, but you look at their schedule that came out the other day. It is rough. I mean, you start your first game in Mercedes-Benz, on Memorial Day against Clemson. All right, that's yes. that. That's going to be a tough game. 
And then you get Western Carolina at home. Yeah, that's your only cupcake game for the rest of the year. Then you get Ole Miss at home in Bobby Dodd, and that is a tough team. I mean, they added some guys to their roster. Yeah, they lost a quarterback, but they're definitely they're adding some other talent around. Jackson the Dart. Transfer. Yeah, Jackson Dart will probably end up being their starter from USC mm-hmm. as he transfers into Ole Miss. Then you look, you get UCF in the bounce house. Um, then you go through the regular schedule of your conference play. I mean, you're not – your other um, – out of – the coastal play would be FSU, but you're going to Doak Campbell Stadium. So that's going to be a tough game against Mike Norvell. I think that's another guy that could be on the make or break side. Uh, you look, you get Georgia at the end of the year. I mean, this is a tough schedule. I mean, your last four out of your five games for Georgia Tech are on the road. And it, it, at the end of the day, if you go three and nine again, you're done. I mean, it don't matter. You've already seen coaches. You've already seen personnel uh, in the recruiting uh, section of their program leave. And it's going to be really, really interesting. And, I mean, they're they're still having to fill some holes with coaching and recruiting staff because they've left to take other jobs at other places. And they're still trying to figure out a their, their staff before spring ball. And they're the first, I think, ACC team to kick off their spring game, which would be March the 18th, I think, or 17th. It's a Thursday night, if I'm pretty sure. But it's a make-or-break year for Jeff Collins. And if I, I don't think if he gets to a bowl game, he's done. He's out. So that's my make-or-break, Coach. Who, who's yours, Sam? I like that one. But um, I, I, mine would be probably Ryan Day over at Ohio State. You know, it had a lot of expectations. He's made wow. it to the college football playoff multiple times. Made it to the national championship game, but yet has not won it. I mean, Ohio State, man, look. You're there to win, man. You're there to win national championships. You're not there to get to the cultural playoff. You're not there to get to Rose the, um, the, the the Rose Bowl. You're not there to get to those. You're there to win the Natty, you know. And he had done that yet. He has not done that yet. He he's lost to Clemson in the, in the semifinals. He he beat him then get next year, but then got toasted by Alabama in the Natty. I mean, then loses to Michigan with a chance to go back th- this past year. I mean, just. Overall, I mean, this is a put-up year for him. He needs to win the national championship. It's because, I mean, Ohio State, This is, you would come to expect that. This is a coach that needs to be up there winning national championships, and he hasn't even won ever since he took over for Urban Meyer. So I think this is a make-or-break year for him in terms of getting over that hump and winning the national championship. So that's what awesome. I'm going to go with. Okay. All right. Last thing before we go, MLB lockout. Tim, this is just getting annoying. I mean, it – it's awful. Yeah. It's just like, will, uh, it is. will we ever even get to see baseball start on time this year? I say no. Because you got to think, spring training still got to happen, and that's about a month and a half long. Yeah, spring training the start time is You can't shorten spring training. There's You just don't do that. And a lot of these guys, especially up there in age, that uh, a, a guy like Charlie Morton, that's the first, the first person I thought of. He's up there in age. He's 38 this year. He's got to have a little bit more time to sp- in spring training because, one, he's coming off a broken leg. Two, I mean, he's up there in age, and he's just got to have to have that training to get back into that motion that he hadn't been in in a little while. So, And then it's also affecting how you can sign guys. And so the yeah. Braves are missing out on that. and I mean, everybody is. And I, I think it's really just hurting the whole entire MLB. And, I, I mean, you got to realize, like, Baseball, I think, starts opening day is like April the 2nd. I don't think it will probably start until the end of April if we keep this up. 
Yeah, it appears that way. I mean, there's just meetings and stuff, and these guys are just nowhere near each other right now. Jeff Hansen talks about it. It's just, you know, he even got to him the other day. He was, like, reporting on it. Then he said, oh, heck, you you guys know the drill. It's the same old thing. They, they haven't come to an agreement. That, I mean, we were supposed to come to the table with a counter offer, and then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. We're, we're, so it's just like, oh, so you're not going to offer anything? And they're like, yep, yeah, pretty much. And so and it's just like, what the heck is going on, guys? You know, definitely spring training. They're already talking about postponing the beginning of spring training. So hopefully that doesn't lead too much into the season, but you never know. So not a lot of good news, especially if you look forward to, like, as I do, and I'm sure you do too, man, going into a Braves or any type of baseball game in a major league park this summer, it could be at risk right now. So, Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because of the fact of we may not even get to see – I mean, the Braves, they'll have, like, their World Series, uh, you know, welcome back thing or whatever, and uh, they may yeah. not have it. I mean, who knows because of the fact of – and I don't know if you saw promos or not, but they've already taken all the player promos off uh, the ticket – the tickets for the games or whatever, because I was going to go to uh, the Ronald Acuna Jr. bobblehead day or whatever, and they already took it off, and it's because of the MLB lockout, uh, lockdown or, water, or lockout, excuse me. So, I mean, it's just sad to see that. I mean, I, I, and no one's really giving a lot of information. I remember uh, today when I was looking up stuff for uh, the show, there was an article on ESPN. They even said they were trying to get the mediator in the room to try to help the MLB negotiate with the Players Association. And I'm like, you're trying to use a mediator to fix the problem, and that's not going to fix the problem. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even think we're close. I mean, I don't need – and if we are close, I want to know how close we are because it doesn't – It doesn't seem to be that close, but, you know. They don't even seem Hopefully things change. Ballpark. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. All right. Tim, so do you, do you, last question, do you think baseball starts on time? Regular season, I don't think it'll start on time, no. Just because the way things are, man, it just don't seem like the owners and players have a whole lot of trust in one another right now. And unless they just kind of push things late, very last second, I don't see it happening on time. So It would have to happen like this week. Or like next week, I think the last, I think the last week for it to happen would be next week. Because you got to think, it's a tight window for these GMs now, trying to get players re-signed if they haven't re-signed them yet, or go out and get free agents because of the fact of you can't make a deal right now because you're in the lockout. So, I mean, it it, it's going to be hard for anybody to do anything, and it's going to be in a short time frame. Because spring training rolls around, you want to have a guy that you want committed to your team at spring training because of the fact. And, I mean, teams are going to have to surrender a couple million dollars in that fact because now if you're going to get Freddie Freeman, you're just going to go out and say, hey, whatever you want, just tell me and sign the check. But then you're going to lose some guys because you did that contract. So it's a lose-lose situation right now for the owners. Uh, for the players, I think they'll get what they want eventually, and they'll win the whole thing. Unfortunately, that's the way it's going to look. But who knows? I, I I don't think they'll start on time either, and that's what sucks. So who knows? We may be watching baseball start in June, and that would make me really really upset. So hopefully, hey, hey, ho- hopefully they'll put more so like college games on big time networks. You know? Yeah, so that's true. I mean, throw that game. 
Yeah, throw the College World Series on like ESPN or something. We'll, we'll, well College World Series are on ESPN, but like yeah. I mean, like like regular season games, you know, uh, like okay. just more so than what they currently do. Yeah, because I think a lot of times, I'm, like college baseball during the regular season, doesn't really get shown that much anyway on big networks. No. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Make sure you go follow all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all right there at Sideline Sports Show. Or if you're going to Twitter, make sure you look up Sideline SP Show. Um, That is on Twitter. But everything else is Sideline Sports Show. And then don't forget our great friends over at Section 103. Make sure to go see them. Section103.com. They have the most comfortable t-shirts and hoodies right now it's cold go get you a hoodie using your 10 percent off code sideline and it will make you warm all winter long i actually wore mine to the clemson georgia tech women's basketball game the other night it was fantastic it kept me warm the whole time i was there in little john coliseum so make sure to go get yours today tim that's all we have for today any final thoughts before we head out for this pro bowl weekend yeah, when you mention the Pro Bowl, I mean, the skills competition's on right now. I mean, basically just tell me a whole bunch of stuff not to watch with the Pro yeah, Bowl. Yeah, pretty much, so, pretty much. Yeah, Super Bowl coming up, super excited for that. Uh, college basketball is in full swing. We're coming down the stretch of the regular season, about a month left before we start conference tournaments. Um, baseball, MLB, APA, obviously are just not in terms right now. And, yeah, that, that pretty much covers a lot of things right now. NBA is uh, on a different level. I mean, there's some teams that are playing really good. Hornets look good. Curry's been a, look with, good with right the now. Warriors have been a little bit down. Um, just overall. But, I mean, overall, it's, it's world sports is good right now. So, ho- hopefully, base kind of come to terms and find something. So. Yeah, because we got college baseball starts this month. Yes. I think the MLS comes back this month. The Charlotte FC debuts. Debuts, yeah. Uh, Tim, we, we need to go to Atlanta United Charlotte FC game. That would be fun. Ooh, yeah, I yeah, bet it would. Oh, yeah. Um, and then at the USA men's national team, had a big yes. win against Honduras last night, got three points and three goals. So, I mean, there, there's a lot. Olympics is on right now for the winter. Um, so, there's a lot. I mean, there, there's a lot this month that you just don't want to miss out on sports-wise. So, make sure – just turn on your TV. Just find something to watch. I mean, you can go to NBC, watch the Olympics all night long because literally that's how they are going to be streaming it. They're going to be up all night long just streaming the Olympics. And then – you got college basketball, college baseball coming up at the end of this month. NBA action kicking in uh, right before the All-Star break. So a lot of great things to watch, so you don't want to miss it. But like I said, go follow all of our social media platforms. If you're on the podcast land, come over, watch the live streams on Thursday nights, 6.15, every single Thursday. You don't want to miss it. And that is all for this week, well, Tim. 6.15, whenever my, if my computer. Yeah, that's you know, true. Six fifteen, six twenty. It happens uh, whenever Tim's computer comes on. It's pretty much when it starts, but it's around the six fifteen, six twenty area, so you don't want to miss it. Tim, that's all that we have for this week. So have a great week, sir. Have a great week to everybody else, and we will see all of you guys next Thursday as we break down Super Bowl. I don't even know what number it is now. I've 56, I believe. 56. We'll break down Super Bowl 56 next week for you. Rams, Bengals. Until then, have a great week, and we will see you all next week.